welcome in to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I'm a staff pastor here at the Rocky Butte campus of Manor House, a uh, church in the Portland metro area, five campuses, just trying to serve uh, greater Portland metro and down in Eugene. We want people to live like Jesus and share his love, basically. And uh, here at the Growing Faith Podcast, our heart is to really... Um, provide tools and resources. Uh, I like to say just kind of for the average Joe in the church that the dream teamer, the person that, yeah, maybe they have a full-time job. Maybe they're doing stuff, you know, out in the quote unquote real world. And yet uh, they believe in the value of the local church. And so they commit potentially a large part of their free time to invest in the local church, the, the vehicle that God's chosen to extend his kingdom on the earth. And um, so today we're going to talk about this concept of dream team and what what a coach in the dream team model should do. And here at Manor House, we have three words that we use to describe that care, coach and develop. And not everybody knows just what those words mean just as they hear them. And so I thought I'd bring in some help today. Uh, I have my friend Jason Schleichart. Welcome in Come to on. the program. It is so good to have you. Um, Jason, uh, there's probably a bunch of people out there that don't really know who you are. So rather than me try to, you know, you know, chop my way through a, you know, less than honoring introduction, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and why in the world should you be a part of this conversation? Well, come on. Thanks more than anything, Rick. Thanks for having me today. And just, uh, I always love hanging out, spending time with you. So this gives me another another few minutes to do just that. And uh, I actually count it as a privilege. It's a kind of a bucket list to be on Rick McClatchy's podcast. So I get to check that off. Check that one off, baby. That's right. Here we go. Uh, but actually, uh, I, I just recently transitioned. So I've been for several years, I was the staff pastor of our 217 campus of Manor House here in the Portland area, but specifically the Southwest area of town, the Tigard area. But just at the first of the year, I transitioned to a new role, uh, centrally, uh, to, to kind of help support all of our staff pastors with, uh, the ministry model that we have, groups and dream team and our, our, our belong journey, which is really membership. And uh, But for the last two or three years, I have actually been, our lead pastor, Pastor Mark, asked me to oversee dream team and uh, to help us to just establish a really healthy and strong culture of, uh, uh, of dream team and to kind of move away from this paradigm that uh, that the, the, the people in the church that do things, whether that's first impressions or leading a group, are just volunteers. There are actually so much more than volunteers. Uh, and uh, so we wanted to create a culture that expresses that. And uh, so I've been helping to do that uh, with Dream Team and uh, the very first stages of that. We, you know, we kind of we wanted to rally around those three words of care, coach, and develop, and say, you know, we want to, we want that to be the culture that we have. Yeah, I remember um, as it's been some time since we really tried to kick that um, that whole thing off, this whole concept of dream team. And you'd probably have a little bit different perspective than I would because you were really driving that that ship. But I remember uh, from my place on the bus, if you will, as I heard 
what we were doing, what I what clicked in my head was, oh, we're we're changing the name and we're like making some structural adjustments. And so that was really how I kind of processed the change. And uh, I, I think it's safe to say that, you know, kind of church wide, the rollout of Dream Team was like bumpy at best. Like it it did yeah. not it did no, not right. <laughs> it didn't get like this immediate awesome traction. And and I think it's accurate to say um, that then we realized, no, there was a there was a full on philosophical adjustment that we that we were making. And it was almost like we didn't even fully realize maybe how far off of the mark we were and that we had more adjustments to make than we had initially recognized. Yeah. Would you say that? Oh, totally. I totally. I mean, I I sense that from, you know, the very first staff meetings we had of, you know, introducing, you know, uh, what I didn't think was a big deal at the first part is like, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but definitely seemed like a fairly colossal shift, at least uh, culturally. And uh, uh, and then I've probably answered the question no short of a thousand times of, is it just a name change? Is it just instead of volunteers, you're just calling them dream team and saying, well, you know, no, it's actually so much bigger than that. You know, it's yeah. uh, uh, and in. And, and, might be a little bit of a goat path, but I think it's important to to kind of set up the idea of care, coach, and develop that, you know, we really wanted to get back to uh, the two portions of scripture that we're trying to build the culture on. One is in Ephesians 2.10, where, you know, Paul, Paul talks about that we're all God's workmanship created to do something very unique, you know, so we're, you know, we're, we're God's workmanship we're, we're we're masterpieces in god's eyes that means every person that walks through the door every single person that walks through the door is a masterpiece now they might not be a masterpiece right now they might have some stuff out of order in yeah. their life but they're a masterpiece because god made them a masterpiece and and it's our job to to help mine that out of them and help discover that and then you fast forward to ephesians 4 where it talks about paul talks about uh you know, the, the, the work of the, the, the minister's work is to actually equip the saints for the work of yeah. ministry. And, uh, and so as you, you take those two together and then you, you then all of a sudden you, you ask the question, well, how, yeah. how do you get people from here to there? Right. You know, and that's again, where, you know, helping people move along on their journey through the idea of caring for them, coaching them, and developing them. Yeah, it's so good. And and I, I think that, uh, I don't know, I, I'm thinking today we might only get through care. Um, and that's really qu pretty okay with me. We can always pick up coach and develop sure. in another episode, because I think the care piece is so vital um, to the whole process. One uh, phrase I use all the time is that if we don't care for people that are doing the work of the ministry, if we don't care for them in the process of them doing it, we're just using them. That we are, we're, we've become then so task focused that we are merely executing a plan. We are not, we're not really building the church because sure. the church is not good services. It's not a building. It's not any of those things. It is the people that make up the church, right? That, and if we're not building the people, if we're not caring for them and knowing who they are, where they are, what they're doing, what they're in the middle of, what they're facing, 
then then who are we, right? Are we actually doing the work of the ministry at that point? And I, and I would say, no, we're just using them to accomplish tasks that we have decided seem really important. You know, like, hey, we got some great services today and we, boy, belong, we really pulled off some great yeah. belong or, you know, like, uh, boy, all of the buckets got passed today. High five. All right, cool. But the guy that was passing buckets in section three, um, you know, doesn't know if his marriage is going to make it and nobody knows. Right. And gosh, what what an indictment on us if if we're missing now. I know people can hide stuff and there's there's that element. Sure. But a lot of times it's because we haven't taken the time to slow down and genuinely ask someone like, hey, how how are you doing? And not in the Sunday morning, hey, how you doing? And like all we want to hear from them in that point is I'm doing fine, right? right because that's right. what we do on Sunday mornings in American culture is we just uh, we put on a face. And so <clears throat> how do we get people as they serve on teams uh, to be able to be in a place where they are cared for? And we have to start with the leader of that team, right? I believe that's what leaders do. Leaders influence people to live differently really by modeling what it is they're trying to see happen across the whole team. Right. And so, uh, you know, as we go through these, we're going to use the small group context as as the context to, to use uh, examples from and that kind of thing. Um, I, I have an incredible uh, small group coach team here at Rocky View. we got about 19 people on our team. Um, we've got a lot of small groups at Rocky View. Is there so any way I can be a part of that team? <laughs> uh, we're, we have a waiting list. And so <laughs> I'll, I have a form I'll have you fill out and we'll see what we can do. So, um, but, uh, so we actually just kind of went through this content in our last meeting so that, so that they would be uh, completely prepared, you know, completely equipped to go and do this to the small group leaders that they are coaching. Yeah. And so that's kind of where this flowed out of. But backing up as I was building this team, so we laid out this great structure of how our small group structure was going to fit together. And just because to some extent, the whole care piece was kind of backseat for a while in our in our church, in our church culture. Yeah. Um, I didn't even like they've been coaches on my team for months and we haven't gone through in great detail care, coach, and develop. And the main reason is because I was busy caring for them in the meetings because I, I wanted to actually just model like the biggest thing right now is I want you guys to know that you're loved and cared for in this yeah. place, that you're valuable to me before you've even done anything. Like you haven't coached a single small group leader. I'm okay with that because you know what, before I got you on my team, uh, I was kind of holding the fort down all by myself, running frantically around. So it's okay if it takes another month before you're fully engaged. Um, we're not moving backwards, and I'm going to build this team, and we're going to we're going to move forward at an incredible rate. But we're going to do it the slow way. I'm going to build this team the slow way. We took we took meetings where uh, we did some kind of fun stuff where we put one of the couples in the middle of the room and just pray and minister over that couple oh, wow. Come on. for 10, 15 minutes, just praying and minister prophetic words, you know, words of encouragement going over them and, and just taking time to hear where people are at, you know, allowing plenty of time in the meeting for just fellowship for people like having a meal together, having, you know, whatever other great snacks, just food helps people relate well. Yeah. And, um, 
and kind of just almost to the point where the team is like, okay, let's do something like, let's go, Rick, you know? And I'm like, no, it's okay. I know you're getting a little antsy. You want to get some stuff done. But I was, I was actually doing something on purpose because I wanted to let the team know that you're more important actually than any work that I think needs to get done. And so, um, but now we're at the place where that, that firm foundation, I really believe, has been built in that team. And there's a lot of relationship that's there and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, so this time we decided to launch into this. And so uh, basically I just said care is about caring for the person just personally, their life, who they are as a human being, you know, yeah. as complicated as that sounds or as simple as that really is, is um, not for the services that they provide, the small group, the church, the dream team that they're on, any of those things, but to just how are you as a person? Um, and I talked to a guy that, you know, he he's only over, you know, a couple thousand churches, whatever. Um, and, and they actually use this thing that they call form. And I know other people are familiar with it. But I just kind of assumed, like, let's pretend for a minute that you, Jason, you don't even know how to effectively carry on a conversation with someone in order to care for them. Yeah. So I just give them the word form. Family, occupation, recreation, and ministry. And not to do it in, like, a checklist kind of fashion. Like, don't be fake about it. Yeah. But just give yourself some like guidelines to flow on. So, so if you're one of my coaches and and I'm coaching you, I'm I'm your ministry leader guy. You know, I'm like, hey Jason, you know, how's the family? How's Josh doing? What's what's going on with baseball? You know, like I and so all automatically you know, wow, um, I care about you enough to know that your wife's name is Dana, that your kid's name is Josh, that he likes to play baseball. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a junior in high school this yeah. year, you know, like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, uh, man, the pastor in the church or, you know, the coach that's over me as a small group leader, um, knows, knows my family's names. Like, and, and I think that's actually a pretty important point right there is take the time to know people's names. Like when, when people in the church can come up to my kids and call them by name, Wow. I mean, I have twins, right? And nobody can ever tell them apart. And so it's always like this identifier of somebody being another level with the family when they can tell yeah. the twins apart, you know? And and so that... And I, I think too, Rick, too, to, to not be bashful if you if you need some sort of, sort of a tool to help you with that. Right. I mean, I'm not getting any younger. You know? <laughs> so I'm finding I got to write stuff down. I mean, even when I meet new people in the lobby, I mean, it's like, you know, OK, that was Stan and Betty, you know, and I, I write it down, you know, on on a, in my journal or, you know, piece of paper in my Bible to help me remember their names. And so same thing if you're a coach over some small groups to, uh, you know, maybe you got to jot their kids names down or hobbies of their kids. So just don't be bashful to, to, to use a tool like that. Yeah. Just like you're saying, don't be bashful and don't apologize for, I think that actually communicates a level of value yeah. that, that you're willing to inconvenience yourself enough to write something down, to make a note in your phone. Like, I think that's a really easy way, right? Is you just have a note pad that is your coaches or your small group leaders or your team that you're over the 10 people, the five people that are on your team. And so like, okay, like, you know, Jason, he's on my team. His wife's name is Dana. 
maybe even their birthdays, you know, their anniversary, just stuff like that where you can track with people and, uh, and that hum in the background is the lawnmower. So next time you're at the, at the Rocky Butte campus, you can look at how beautiful the grass is and go, that's why that humming sound was happening in the back of the podcast. Oh, good. It's so awesome. But anyways, um, so family is that first that, piece. That's a bummer because all these people <laughs> thought that this was being recorded in a fancy studio know, in, in New York. <laughs> Live from Radio City. So yeah, anyways, um, so that family piece uh, is a big deal. Uh, and then I guess it would be worth mentioning um, that, boy, not everybody in church is married and has kids. Um, so, so do you have any thoughts on even the single person? And uh, so we're talking family and you're talking to the single person. What, what would be your thought process in how to um, effectively connect with a person maybe on that arena with the single person? Well, I think first off is just, uh, and you might know this, you might not, but to just one, be sensitive. Just if you don't know that they're married, just be sensitive about it, you know. Uh, but I think to ask the question in a caring way, but in a generic way of, you know, uh, how's your family doing? And probably the first time you say that, they're going to kind of, you know, clue you into what their dynamic is, married, not married, dating, not dating, uh, you know. Uh, and I think if they're single and you're picking up some vibes that they're sensitive about that, uh, then I think it's okay to just, you know, and this depends on their age, you know, but talk about maybe their roommates, if they have roommates or if, if they're maybe a young adult, they still live at home, their parents, I think any of those things, uh, bottom line is you're just trying to get into their world. Right. And exactly. find out what's in their world. Well, right. mom's still in their world or Uncle Eddie's still in their world or, you know, they have a roommate that they're do a lot of stuff with, do life with, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and just being sensitive to that. And, uh, you know, that that not everybody's married with a white picket fence and, you know, has, has 2.5 kids. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, I like to think of it as almost like drawing more creative lines when it comes to what you would consider their family here in Portland. You know, there are parts of Portland where there are more uh, dogs than there are kids, you know, yeah. in different parts of the city. And so um, it might be that that person is one of those people that would have the bumper sticker, you know, my kids have four legs, you know, those kinds of things where um, their dog crypto or whatever is like, that's like their kid, right? That's their family. Well, it's okay uh, that you note that they have a dog name, you know, and, and how's your dog doing? How, how's old crypto doing? You know, like, um, tell me yeah, about... That would mean a lot to somebody. Yeah, and I, I think that's what it is. It's just... Um, that's why I'm saying it's not a checklist. It is, it's a guide for me to know um, what do I focus my energy on so that I can connect with the people on my team. I can care for them in a way. And in previous episodes of our podcast, we've defined care as the love of God in action from one person to another. And yeah. so the love of God, he knows the numbers of hair, number of hairs on your head, right? Like he's into the details. And so we should be okay with being into the details and pushing past our perception of busyness. Like, I'm so busy. You know what? No, you're not. You're not that important. You're not that crazy busy that you don't have time to invest 
in the people around you. I feel and like you're talking to me, right? <laughs> I'm talking to myself too because we all pull those excuses and they're just they're just not accurate. They're not true because you're right. Every one of them is made in the image of God and that fact alone makes them incredibly valuable and we actually have the honor and privilege of serving with them, yeah. doing life with them and we need to I don't know, like we just have to adjust our perspective sometimes to remember what a value this person is. And so the go ahead. You you want to wrap up the point there on family? Yeah, I just you know th- thinking family, uh, uh, just finding out what's in their home world, what's what's in their life, what's yeah. in their immediate you know circle, and it might be husband, kids, dogs, grandma. You know, just yeah. what's what's in their personal emotional world at home, and understanding their home life. You yeah. know, just kind of holistically, not just just relationally. So uh, I tell you what, if you did just that and I know, you know, there's other areas of life we're going to talk about. But right. if you did just that, you know, family is important to, to people, it's huge. you know, and, uh, you know, I, I just know in my own personal world. I like to talk about my family and that's mm-hmm. not because I'm arrogant or I just, I'm proud of them and I, yeah. they mean a lot to me. And if somebody wants to, you know, you want to talk about how my son's doing in baseball, let's talk about yeah. that because I can talk about that. And Well, and nothing can uh, take you out of things than challenges in your family, yeah. right? Like you go through a challenging patch with your wife um, or, you know, like, wow, that can really, if you're a small group leader and you're going through a challenging time with your spouse, you're, you're going to be a less effective small group yeah. leader because your attention is going to be divided. And it's so good to also create that environment where, you know what, Jason, it's okay if not everything's okay. It's okay if you're going through a season where you're deeply challenged. You know what? Because you're not valuable because of what you perform here as a small yeah, group leader that's, or whatever. That's so but good, you're right? important because you're you're a, you're a son, you're a daughter of, of the king. Like, man... We're on a journey together, and so let's let me pray for you. Let me help you. Like, man, you should. Hey, have you considered, you know, maybe getting into counseling together? Whatever, whatever the things might be. And so, jumping into the next one is occupation. Just knowing, you know, what do they do for a living? People spend a significant amount of their time, you know, traveling to and from and spending time at work. And boy, certainly for men, right? It is like the American. Thing that we're our, so much of our identity is tied up in what we do. Yeah. It's like one of the first questions we ask people like, hey, what do you do for a living? Hey, what do you, you know? And we kind of identify part of ourselves with that thing, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Right. And so uh, being able to take time, one, to remember what they do. And if, if they have explained that there's maybe certain challenges or deadlines or big projects or something coming up is to, again, using the tools that we've already talked about, uh, make note of those things that are going on and text them and be like, hey, Joe, praying for you in that big presentation you've got at the end of this week, whatever. I mean, talk about feeling valued and feeling cared for because somebody knows what's going on in your world and they're willing to be praying for you and encouraging that, you know, like, wow. So, um, talk, talk to me about recreation. What, what do you think that looks like? And how do we, how do we care for people asking them through recreation stuff? Well, recreation is one of those 
it's one of those arenas of life that it unifies people. Uh, People like to be around other people that like to do the same sort of things. Uh, You know, and I'm not, I don't want to be negative, but, you know, you might not have your favorite job. You know, right. you didn't get to pick your family. You know, <laughs> hopefully you picked your spouse, right? right, right but right. you know, your whole family. You know, but oftentimes you do get to choose how you spend your, you know, your spare time or your free time, and uh, and and people people like to talk about the things that they do, and they like to. It's it's there's something there's some camaraderie and bonding that happens when you, you know, maybe I'm really into cycling, and you you start talking to somebody and. Man, they're really into cycling too, and I mean, you almost can't peel those two people apart right, from talking right, and, yep. and and bonding around that idea. And I actually find that it's it's it, it's a great relationship builder. I mean, it's you know when you start finding these likenesses, you know. Okay, so that's that's an excellent point. Um, but talk to me about like. I don't know what a sprocket is. I don't know what the difference is between a mountain bike and a road bike. Like, I don't know anything about cycling. Um, so how, how do I then, uh, man, and I couldn't, I couldn't care less, you know, like, let's just say that's my place on the world of cycling. Um, what do I do then to connect and care for someone that I'm, you know, that I'm care coaching and developing, right? What are your, what are your thoughts when it's an arena? I, I couldn't care less about. Well, again, I I think finding, well, one, just if it's important to them, if you're willing to talk about it or ask questions about it, you know, uh, for instance, I just get stuck on the cycling for a minute. I mean, if they're a cycler, big time cycler, they do cycling races, you don't even have to own a bike to know that they've been training for six weeks for this big bike race and it was this weekend. How was your bike race? Right. You know, uh, how was the training going maybe along the way and knowing that that's a, that's a piece, that's a stressor. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, it's a burden thing in their life that they're carrying. I mean, it's a, it's a recreation thing, but it's right. a, it's a thing that, you know, they're carrying in their life. And for you to just stop and, and take the time to, to talk to them about it, uh, is, uh, and, and, and know they, they might just want to talk. Uh, I think it's also knowing, knowing hopefully most recreation things that people do are, uh, replenishing things like, right. you know, it pours back into you, you know, I mean, that's why I do the recreation things that I do is mm-hmm. it, it replenishes me, but recognizing that when we have people on our team or leaders, it's also a time sucker too. Right. Right. I mean, uh, it's something that they're fitting into their schedule and, uh, and, 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 and so there could be some dialogue that could happen around that too. How's work, how's the balance of life going? Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I know there's things that I've given up when I became a parent 
Right. Um, I, 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 I've given up 18 holes of golf because, that ta- <laughs> because it takes four and a half it takes hours. takes too long, yeah. Right? Or, or seven hours if you're like well, exactly. me. Exactly. You know, uh... <laughs> well, I wasn't, count- I wasn't counting the time I was chasing right, the, right. the balls in the lake. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, and that's just, it's a season right now. But, you know, you know, with my with our Saturdays or our weekends or our evenings, I'm just not going to take four and a half hours away from family. Right. Uh, but you might be talking to somebody or working with somebody or coaching, coming alongside of somebody that is and shouldn't be or isn't and maybe should be. You know, right. I mean, yep. just and, and recognizing that's part of that conversation, too. Yeah. And I love what you're saying, you know, how you, you love to talk about your family People like to talk about themselves and what's important in their world and their recreation thing. You're going to hit on something that they're passionate about and they're going to enjoy sharing about that thing. And again, if we can, uh, I love Philippians chapter two. It says, you know, don't look at your own interests only, but look to the interests of others, look to the needs of others. And, And I think that scripture has such this powerful truth in it. Don't look only to your own interests, but yeah. look to the interests of others that you can actually completely expand your world. Um, like, so I don't know anything about cycling, you know, like shout out to our friends like Isaac Tarter and Nate Scott and Mark Jones. And, you know, the kind of the list goes on and on of all the, the people that we would know that are big cyclists, you know, like, tell me about that. Like, tell me about the race. What is it about? What is it about bike riding that does it for you? Like, what is it that? Uh, that you get out of it and just learn about you. You learn so much about their personality and what makes them tick. And then you know how to pray for them better. You know how to minister to them as a person, as kind of a whole person and not just the ministry side person, but like everything about their life. And, and I think it just communicates a lot when you're willing to lay down the things that you're interested in. You're not always trying to talk about beaver football or baseball, you know, but you're, you're willing to put all that stuff aside and talk about what's important to them, just deferring to them. And then you never know what you might end up trying out because you're looking to meet them where they are. And boy, you might end up finding the coolest hobby you ever had in the process. So we can actually have our lives changed because we show interest in another person. And so then lastly is this Uh, We have family, occupation, recreation, and then the M of the word form is ministry. And because the next word in the process is coaching, right? So this is kind of the tail end of caring. Then we're going to jump into coaching. It's convenient that ministry is going to be tied into the piece that you're going to coach them on. And so basically what what I would do from the care side is just asking them like, hey, how how is the ministry part going? If they're a small group leader and maybe it's a cycling group. So we went straight from recreation right into ministry yeah. because they've tied those two things together. How's it going? What are the challenges that you're facing so that you can begin to gather information so that you're more effectively able to coach them, which of course we'll talk about coaching in the next episode. But <clears throat> um, I think that's one of the cool things about having form as maybe your your blueprint of how you're going to approach generally speaking again don't get too predictable don't get too rote with it otherwise it'll come across as inauthentic you'll lack genuineness bad news bears you know like so now we're gonna do the family part f right <laughs> you actually have it written down and you're like checking it off as you go along and 
Oh, gosh. So, yeah, make it personal. Make it real. Just be genuine. And if I would say if you're not genuinely interested in them, go pray some more and ask the Lord to change your heart, you know, so yeah. that you're or maybe you shouldn't be coaching. No. <laughs> so but I mean, we all have busy lives and we if we don't properly stop, check ourselves, you know, and adjust our perspective at times, it's pretty easy to get into that place where we're more concerned about ourselves than we are about another person. So awesome. Well, any uh, final parting shots to take? Well, I just think one last one last little nugget, and that's, you know, with form, with family, occupation, recreation, and ministry, is to just not not be hesitant to, if, if, if you got to stop someplace and just kind of camp there, uh, and you're talking about their family and there's a crisis, you don't have to get to ORM. So uh, just yeah. stop. Just stop right there. Huge point. Talk to them. Minister to them. Pray for them. Love on them. Uh, maybe you'll get to move on. Maybe you won't until next time you're with them. But but be willing to stop right there. And and interestingly enough, and maybe someone could argue with me, but I think they're in a little bit of priorities too. Yeah. Uh, our family outside of God, our family is. About the most important thing there is on planet Earth. Yeah. Uh, kind of second to our family probably is our job because if you're not working, <laughs> you're not making money, you're paying the bills. Right, and, right. You know, and then, you know, you can probably split hairs on re you know, where recreation and ministry fall, you know, but I think both are pretty important, you know, yep. uh, to have those pieces in your life. So that's why I say, like, family, if, man, something's not working in their family, we've got a problem. Stop. Deal with it, help yep. them, love on them, and uh, more more importantly than moving on. Yeah, and even in doing that, you communicate the value that we're talking about. You communicate care when you're willing to stop and focus on the things that are that have come up, and like, well, obviously there's something here that we should deal with and and help them through, and and not worry about the coach thing. Like, yeah. hey, look, you're not a coach right now. You're just a person that obviously is needing some support. So let's jump in and support them. So man, Jason, thank you so much for uh, jumping in today and being a part of this discussion. You, yeah, thanks you, for having You've me. certainly taken it to the next level and helped it be uh, far better than it would have been by myself. That's for sure. So um, man, thank you for being part of our listening audience today. Um, I, our heart is that we are helping equip and empower you to do the work of the ministry. If there's anything that we can do to help serve you better, feel free to reach out to me, rickm at manahouse.church. Love to hear uh, questions, comments. Uh, I will forward all of the snide remarks to Jason so he can handle those. Um, but uh, love, you know, questions and ideas for future episode topics and all of that kind of stuff. Um, on social media and, and, and the like, like, share, comment, rate, uh, rate the podcast so more people could become aware of the fact that we exist. That would be fantastic. So with all of that, we just say God bless you and may you have the most amazing day.